You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Amen. Well, we're going to talk about desiring God. I want you to stay in this atmosphere of faith right now uh, with an expectation. Amen. And, And one thing, as we talk about seeking God and as we talk about desiring God, one thing I know is that seeking Him is a precursor or, or, or a requirement in order to have an expectation. It's kind of like, if I could refer it to this, it's kind of like playing hide-and-seek when you were little. Maybe some of you still play it now. But uh, when you go to seek someone that is hiding, you go for an expectation to find them. Right? And so when you seek something, it has this natural way of building an expectation in your heart. And so as we seek God, it builds an expectation in us, whether we realize it or not, an expectation received from Him. An expectation to be with him. And uh, like I told the youth group several weeks ago, we were doing a series about having a real relationship with God. God is not some mythical unicorn in the sky that you can't have a relationship with. No, he's a very real God and he desires a very real relationship with us, his church. Amen. Not just the pastors, but all of us. The Bible says that we used to be separated, but when Jesus died, he rent that veil in two where we're no longer separated. But instead, because of the work of Christ, we could boldly approach the throne room of God. Amen. And so Jesus died to give us this relationship, but it's up to us to partake of that relationship. Amen. And so tonight we're going to talk about seeking. A while back, the Lord really began to deal with me. Uh, it was a couple years ago about going through the motions. Did you know uh, you can see something but not really be seeking something? You can hear something but not really be listening. It seems like that happens all the time between my wife and myself. <laughs> she'll say something and then she'll uh, have to repeat it because she'll look at me and say, are you listening? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I heard you, but I didn't hear you. You know, it didn't sit into my heart. And so I think sometimes we seek, but we don't see. And the reason we don't see is because we're not really seeking. And God dealt with me a while ago about going through the motions to where I was reading my Bible, but I wasn't really reading my Bible. I'd gotten into this place to where I knew it was my service as a believer, and I'd gotten over onto the religious side of things. And when you get religious, it becomes more of a, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A ritual. And we're not supposed to have rituals, we're supposed to have a relationship. And and a relationship can only happen when we seek it, when we desire it, when we pursue it. Listen to these scriptures, Matthew 6.33, and these are some very familiar scriptures to us. But Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you. Matthew 7.7, it says, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking. Someone keep on seeking. Come on, someone say, Keep on seeking said, keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. And both of these passages, the word right there in Greek when it said seek means this. To seek, to search for, to desire. I love this. To require or to demand. Now, God wants us to put some demands on this relationship. God wants us to require. And we're going to look at some scripture. He wants you to require his presence in your life. Amen. But you've got to seek him with a pursuit. I have an awesome way of describing this. It's kind of how many parents do I have in the room? All right. So quite a bit of you. And if you're not a parent one day, maybe when you are a parent, you'll understand this. But my wife and I, before we had children, it was easy to seek one another. 
It was easy to fellowship with one another. It was easy to desire one another because we were the only two individuals in the house. But then we had these wonderful blessings from the Lord. And I have to rehearse that scripture sometimes, hallelujah, because they are a blessing from the Lord. Amen. Some of you parents know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. And so, but when we had children, our children had put a requirement on us. Our children had put a demand on us. Our children had desired and still do very much desire our affection and desire our attention. And as they put these requirements on us and as they put these demands on us and as they put these desires for this relationship on us, you know what began to happen? My wife and I living in the same home really stopped engaging in this relationship. It's amazing how you can be in the room with somebody but not have a relationship with somebody. And I think this is kind of what's happened to the church. We're in the room with God, but there's no relationship with God. Because God's presence is always here. Amen. The Bible says that his presence fills everything, everywhere. Glory to God. And so my wife and I really had to understand this. We're going to have to take special attention and special commitment to put some requirements and desires on a relationship that we didn't have to put there before. Because guess what? There's other things that are now bidden for our attention. There's a lot of things in this life that are bidden for your attention. You have your jobs, you have social media, you have families, you have extracurricular activities, you have all these things that are bidden for your attention, but there's one that matters the most. And that's him. That's being in the room with your father. That's spending time with the one who made you. And you know what God showed me? He said, I found my family by seeking him. I found my career by seeking him. So what makes me think I can keep those things that he gave me if my attention begins to turn away from the one that gave those things to me? See, our relationship with him is so pivotal and so important because he is the one that has bestowed all these blessings on us. Someone say, seek. And so we have to make sure that we are seeking after God. We have to be sure that we're putting some demands and desires and requirements on this relationship that he's given us over in Deuteronomy 4.29. Now listen to me. God, he's really challenging this church in 2019. Hallelujah. He wants to do some things in our midst. He wants to pour himself out, just like the Bible says that he'll pour himself out upon all flesh. Glory to God. But there's some things that we've got to do to contend for this. Amen. And he's wanting to take us to new levels, not only as a body, but also as individuals. Did you know God doesn't just want you to have fellowship with him when you're at church? God just doesn't want you to see the glory at saturation service. God doesn't just want to manifest himself in your life when we come together once a month on Sunday nights. He wants to manifest himself in your life on a very continue and regular basis. But that's entirely up to us. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, But if from there you seek the Lord your God. Now remember what it means to seek, to search for, to desire, to require, to demand. But from there, if you will seek the Lord your God, you will find him. If you seek him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Matthew 5.6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. But notice what it said right there. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled. So he's kind of given us some instructions for us to be filled. He said before you go. Now listen to me. Uh, this is not how God normally works. If you remember reading about the Apostle Paul when he was on the road to Damascus and he was walking along the road. And then all of a sudden, bam, he had this encounter with God. 
And the Bible says that God put blinders on his eyes and revealed and showed up to him and said, listen, if you'll go to this house and this person will pray with you, those blinders will come off of your eyes and then you'll begin this wonderful ministry with me. I, I think lots of times we want that Damascus experience. We want that, that supernatural experience where we just want God to interrupt our lives and that will happen from time to time. But most of the time when you have experiences with him is because you're seeking those experiences. Listen to me. To know him is to experience him. And to experience Him is to know Him. But knowing Him just doesn't happen. Amen. It happens to those who are seeking and diligently running after Him. Someone say, I will run. How do you, so it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. I don't know about you, but I want to be filled. And I want that to be a continual process. Because this world has a way of pulling God out of me. Amen. And so I have to regularly put God in me right there. And I was reading this, and I know this is funny. It's kind of a youthism. It's maybe not funny to some of you, but it might be funny to some of you. We have a saying for young girls or young boys when they are really desiring to be with somebody else. We say they are thirsty. And what that expression means is when you say, oh, she's just thirsty. What that means is she's doing anything she can to be with that dude. Or if you say, oh, he's just thirsty, that means dude is going full tilt to have a relationship with that young girl. And he's going to throw caution to the wind. He's going to abandon his friends. He's going to abandon his schoolwork. He's going to abandon his Xbox. He is thirsty. He's desiring that relationship. So he's going to do whatever he has to do to engage in that relationship. I want that to be me with my Lord. Or people look at me and they say, wow, he's thirsty. Man, he's doing whatever he's got to do to have that relationship. He's, he's throwing caution to the wind. He's, he's, he's spending less time with his video games and his TV. He's spending less time with this and with that. And he's spending more time with God. And guess what? The more time you spend with him, the more evident it becomes with everybody else. Can people look at your life and tell if you've been fellowshipping with him? Absolutely they can. Because you're just like Moses, amen. The Bible says that the glory was resting on him so much when he came down from that mountain that they had to put a lampshade on his head because it was scaring everybody. I believe when you spend time with God, you got this light that's glowing on the inside of you. There's a scripture in the Bible, I remember exactly where it is, but it says you'll be like a star to lead them out of darkness. Well, where's that come from? It comes from fellowship with your creator. Everyone say, I'm thirsty. <laughs> say it again, say, I'm thirsty. Glory to God. I love over this. Remember, uh, it's so interesting to me. You remember back in the upper room. Well, let's go read it real quick. Jump over to Acts. And I really have, uh, well, I can't say that I don't know. I, we're just going to see where God takes us tonight. You know what? Let me, let me just back up here and say this. As saturation service, Pastor Mark and Pastor Ronald, they usually lay hands on everybody that wants hands laid on them. But even that can become a ritual. You can have hands laid on you every saturation service, and if you just get used to it, you stop contending, and you stop having an expectation, and then all of a sudden it's just Pastor Mark slapping you around a little bit. I don't want, well, if, he, if, if the Lord tells him to, then I'm fine with Pastor Mark slapping around, but I don't just want empty hands laid on empty heads. When I come down here to have my pastor pray for me, I'm coming with an expectation to receive from the anointing that is on his life. Listen to me. Don't get ritualistic when it comes to saturation service. Oh, that's good preaching. Hallelujah. And I'm going to say it again. Just like Mufasa, say it again. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to keep saying it. Hallelujah. If you, if, 
When you come down here to get prayer for, you come down here with a demand. You come down here requiring something. You come down here seeking something. You come down here with an expectation that the anointing that is on your pastor's life is going to be transferred into your life and you're going to experience what God has for you right there in that moment. It's amazing to me how we can have saturation service in the same presence and the same God is in the room. And some leave blessed and some leave saying, But it's the same God. It's the same pastor. It's the same anointed. What's the difference? The expectation on the individual. Ooh. Amen. And, and they're not here, so I can talk about it. But it's frustrating to me as somebody who's been called to serve them when I know God's got something in them for somebody and the person doesn't put anything on the gifting. No demands. And whether you believe it or not, hallelujah, uh, they can tell when they're coming through the prayer line. They know someone who's been watching their watch and who's ready to get out of here. Y'all ain't shouting now, hallelujah. <laughs> they can tell when someone's got a demand or an expectation on the gift that's on the inside of them. Because it pulls it out of them. After they pray for me, I want them going home so tired. I'll pull every, every bit of anointing out of your life onto my life. Give it all to me. Amen. Give it all. Praise the Lord. Amen. And then you know what, Lord? Give me a double portion. Praise God. You know what's better than a cheeseburger? A double cheeseburger. Amen. Woo, Jesus. And then you put some bacon on it and it's real good. And that's what I want when he prays for me. Don't just give me one cheeseburger. Give me a double cheeseburger. And then Pastor Mark, put some bacon on it too. Praise God. Where does that come from? That comes from my expectation on the gift that's inside my pastors and my expectation on the presence that's in the room. Hey, hey, I'll just say it. If you leave tonight and you say you didn't get nothing, it's not because of the lack of the anointing in the room. And it's sure not the ministry. You think I'm going home blaming myself? You're crazy. I done studied. I done prayed. Hallelujah. And God's using me so you go home empty. That's your own fault. Hey. You can tell when Pastor Mark's out of town. Hey, Amen. We just cut loose. Praise the Lord. God is so good. And he's constantly wanting to get things to us always wanting to get God challenged me a little while ago uh, I know some of you may not know what this is but there's this real big game out there called Fortnite and I've been playing it for about a year uh, Rachel got me a, a PlayStation for my birthday last June and I tell people I play because I want to stay relevant as a youth pastor the truth of the matter is I just like video games uh, and so uh, she got me this and I've been playing Fortnite and and I like to play with my friends and stuff even though some of them have betrayed me and moved over to a game called Apex but no we'll, we won't spend any time on that and so but the Lord challenged me. He said, every minute you spend playing that video game, you should spend a minute with me. And I was playing that game, you know, three hours at a time. So I had to decide either I'm going to quit this game <laughs> or every minute I spend with that game, I'm going to spend with him. And there was times, you know, I'll be playing late at night and, and I'll get off, you know, like at 1130, 12 o'clock at night and I'll go lay down and the Lord will be like, <clears throat> It's true. And I'll get up out of bed. Hallelujah. Because I want to spend my time with what matters. 
Glory to God. And he doesn't mind me playing a video game. He knows it brings enjoyment to me. He knows it relaxes me. He knows it's a way for me to decompress. But he's not going to let a video game take his place. And so I'm not going to let a video game take his place. Amen. And so there's been times where I've had a, I was tired, you know, and I'd get up out of bed, go out to the living room, crack open my Bible, and just start fellowshipping with God. But if I can be completely honest with you, there's been other times where I did do it just because I was laying in bed and he gave me the, <clears throat> and so I go out there to read my Bible and I didn't get a lick out of it. Because now I'm just putting in my time and punching the clock so I could go to bed with a non-guilty conscience. See, I think sometimes, uh-oh, sometimes we go to church so we can feel good about ourselves. Instead of going to church to please him. Amen. Instead of going to, whoa. Instead of going to church to fellowship with him. Amen. Amen. And so that's not what God desires. He, he can't do anything with that. Amen. He needs us to go because we want to be with him. Amen. See, and you look at the, the disciples over here in the book of Acts. And, and uh, you know, you see, well, we'll just read it. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, On the day of Pentecost, seven weeks after Jesus' resurrection, the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roar and a mighty windstorm in the skies above them, and it filled the house where they were meeting. Now listen, let's go back to chapter 1, verse 4. It says, In those meetings, he was eating a meal with them, and he told them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends what he has promised. Remember, I've told you about this before. John baptized you with water, but just in a few days, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And so he said, Go and wait. Now let's keep reading verse 7 out of chapter 1 of the book of Acts. It says, The Father in those days, He replied, And they are not for you to know. But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you'll receive power and will tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the other ends of the earth. And then we go over here. Now listen, I haven't really studied this. I don't know how long they were there waiting. I just know that they were in the upper room and they were waiting. Now I probably could study and figure it out. It may have been days, may have been weeks, may have been months, may have been years, I don't know. But there's something else I do know over in the book of Corinthians chapter 15. The Bible says that he first appeared to Peter, then he appeared to the 12, and then he appeared to 500 other believers. And guess what? He told them all the same thing. So we go to the book of Acts and all of a sudden the Bible tells us that there was 120 in the upper room with Mary and a couple other ladies and a couple of Jesus' brothers. Well, if Jesus appeared to 500 and there's 120, where's the other 380? Y'all didn't know I could math that quick, did you? <laughs> now, some theologians do believe that there was a period of time from when Jesus appeared to them to where there was the outpouring in the upper room. And just as he said in that scripture in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, I believe it is, he said some had fallen asleep. So what's he saying is between that time and the time of the outpouring, some had passed away and had died. So maybe some of the 380 had passed away, but I don't believe it was all of them. So Jesus appeared to all of them and only 120 would contend and go where they were supposed to go. And not only go where they're supposed to go, but stay there and wait until they received what God had promised them. And so we have to understand that he just doesn't pour out his spirit, even though the scriptures do say he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And I believe there's a moment in time coming where God's just going to begin to, you're going to see stuff popping like popcorn. But I also do know for us really to have this relationship with him, we've got to contend for it. 
I don't want to be one of those believers that when the Holy Spirit starts being poured out on me, I'm surprised and saying, what is this, Lord? I want to be one of those believers that when the Holy Spirit is being poured out without measure, I say, that's what I've been waiting for. That's what I've been longing for. That's what I've been contending for. Glory to God. Everyone say, seek. Seek. Over in Psalm 63, 1, it says, the Psalms of David. Now, isn't it interesting? I was thinking about this when I was studying today and praying today. We all know in the scriptures that the Bible says that David was a man after God's heart. But yet David was a man of many mistakes. So if David was a man of many mistakes, but yet he was a man after God's heart, what was it that set him apart? Well, I believe it was something along the lines of this scripture, a psalm of David's when he was in the desert of Judah. You, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. One thing, if you read all the scriptures concerning David, whenever he messed up, he always came back and sought God. And I believe this is what made him a man after God's heart is he desired God no matter what was going on in his life. No matter what shortcomings he had, no matter what flaws he had, he always came back and sought God. He always came back and desired to be with God. I earnestly seek you. I thirst for you. Everyone say, I'm thirsty. (laughs) I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Psalms 42.1 says, A deer pants for streams of water. My soul pants for my God. That word right there, pants, means longs for. Do you long for God like a deer longs for water? Do you desire God like David desired God, like a thirsty person in a dry land? Hallelujah. Over in Exodus 33, if you would, turn over there. Y'all doing all right tonight? Praise the Lord. I really do enjoy this passage of Scripture. I don't know how much of it we'll read. Let's just start here in verse 12. It says, Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, take these people up to, I'm reading now the New Living Translation, up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. Sometimes God will tell us to do something and then we begin looking around, okay, who's going to help me with it? Who's going to be with me in this moment, Father God? Where's, where's the help at? And this is what Moses is saying. He's, you know, you've given me a church of a million people or whatever and you're telling me to lead in the promised land. Okay, who's going to help me with that? And so he's asking to me, he says, but you haven't told me who you will send with me. You call me by name and tell me I found favor with you. Please, if this is really so, show me your intentions so I will understand you more fully and do exactly what you want me to do. Besides, don't forget that the nation is your very own people. Verse 14. And the Lord replied, I will personally go with you. I will personally go with you. How, How many, you know, when God says I'll personally go with you, you don't need anyone else. And guess what? God has told you, I will personally go with you. Amen. Amen. Now, what degree he goes with you is entirely up to you. Come on now. He says, I, I, and the Lord said, I will personally go with you, Moses, for I have given you rest and every, for I will give you rest and everything will be fine with you. Verse 15. Then Moses said, if you don't go with us personally, then I won't move a step from this place. Okay. That's lots of times, you know, people all the time, they, they get a, when, when, when you get a better job offer, you better ask the Lord, are you going with me? Yeah. 
Is this where you want me to go? Is your presence going with me or have you told me to stay here? Amen. And, and, you know, it's not always lots of times we say, you know, if you get a better job offer. But I've seen people, you know, uh, leave good jobs to go to a different job just because that was the job they desired. Everything, every choice you make, you better make sure that God's going with you in that decision. Now, what do I mean God's going with you? Because the Bible says he never leaves you or forsakes you. What I'm talking about is that his blessing is upon what you're about to do. We make moves all the time without the blessing of the Lord on it. Come on, don't shout me down now. I said, we make moves all the time without the blessing of the Lord on it. You know, when Rachel first told me, when, when we first got married, uh, we, we, we had no desire to have children. It just wasn't, so I was, uh, I didn't know what it would be like to be a father. And, and if I could be real honest with you, I didn't want that burden on my life. I mean, being responsible for someone else's life is a big deal. <laughs> You know, and these children, they need you. <laughs> you know, once you bring them into the world, you're just kind of locked in, right? And so I had no desire for that. And so as we were married for however many years, the Lord began dealing with Rachel that we were supposed to have children. And I remember clear as day, the day she came to me and told me we were supposed to have children. I was like, girl, you got the wrong spirit. You just go on back to your prayer room and you seek the Lord again on that one. Hallelujah. And so she kept coming to me and said, I feel like the Lord's put on my heart to have children. And I said, okay, well, let's begin to seek the Lord for how many children we're supposed to have. And the Lord told both of us on two separate occasions that we're supposed to have two children. And so we got the blessing of the Lord on it, and we have two children. I had people all the time when they were younger, they don't do it so much now, but they keep asking me, when's the little girl coming? I said, he said have two. And he gave me two boys, so we done, you know what I mean? The little girl ain't coming. <laughs> She's staying, you know. Why? Because the Lord told us to have two, and that's what we're going to have. Now, you all understand. I mean, obviously, something can go on, and, and, and we can be blessed with an unexpected child. But as far as we know, he said have two. And so I'm not going to override what he said. I'm going to do what he said, because the blessing of the Lord is on what he said. People ask me, I, I was at a, this is a little off topic, I was at a youth pastor's meeting the other day, and, uh, and, and I've been here, seven, I started 18 years in July. I know y'all thought I was 18. <laughs> and uh, there was one guy uh, down there, he was a youth pastor at a different church way back when, when I first started, and he's since moved on to some other things, and he was at this meeting because he still works with young people, and he's, he's got something going on that he wants us to get our youth ministries involved, and we sat down at the lunch table, and, and Cody is my witness, and Rachel was there as well. The first thing he said to me, he said, are you senior pastor yet? I said, boy, you tripping. <laughs> Amen. God didn't call me to be senior. This is what he told me to do. This is what his blessing is on because this is what God told me to do. And if this is what God told me to do, then guess what I'm going to do? Exactly what he said to do because that's where the blessing of the Lord is. Listen to me now. And this is so off course of desiring God, but this is going to help somebody in the room. Stop doing your own thing. There's no blessing on it. Start doing what God has instructed you to do. Amen. And then there's some of you in the room. You're doing what God's instructed you to do, but you're low key adding your own thing to it. Come on now, he didn't tell you to add anything else to it. He gave you some specific instructions and some things to do. And guess what? That's what your life needs to be about. Amen. Come on. Amen. I remember one time we were over at the, the A-frame building and uh, we were in a youth service and the Lord told me, uh, he said, somebody has, uh, uh, I forget what it was, uh, somebody's got some weakness in their ankles. And he said, just, just give an altar call for people that have weakness in their ankles. 
And so I gave an altar call uh, for when people had weakness in their ankles and three people came down and I prayed for two of them. And when I got to the, the third person, I prayed to that third person. As I was praying for them, I started to add something to it that God didn't say. And in the middle of adding to it, God said, I didn't say that. He said, I said they have weak ankles. Their ankles, pray for their ankles. See, I was right there in the middle of the will of God doing what I was supposed to be doing, but I tried to add something to it. Amen. And there's no power in what Robert's going to do. There's only power in what God's going to do. Amen. Amen. And so when you seek God, seek his will. That perfect, pleasing will. Come on now. And then let him bless it. And so let's keep reading. Y'all still having fun? Amen. Someone say, I'm thirsty. And then Moses said, if you don't go with me personally, then let us not move a step from this place. If you don't go with us, how will, ever, how will anyone ever know that your people have found favor with you? How else will they know we are a special and distinct from all other people? Do you know you're a special people? Amen. Now, everyone in the world's special, but you've come to a revelation that God's made you special, and you've responded to that by giving your life to him. Amen. And so we have to understand that there's something in our lives that others need as well. Glory to God. Verse 17, it says, And the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for you have found favor with me, and you are my friend. I love this. Verse 18. Then Moses had one more request. Please let me see your glorious presence, he said. So I love this. First he says, you know, if you're not going with me, I'm not going at all. And God promises his presence with him and says, I'm going to go with you. And then Moses pushes the envelope just a little bit further. And he says, hey, how about you just come and visit with me right now? <laughs> I love the fact that you said your presence is going to go with me. But why wait? Let's just, let's just get to it right now, hallelujah. Why don't you bring your presence right now? Why don't you let your glory and your goodness and your mercy pass before me? Why don't you come visit? I love this about Moses. He was so thirsty. He was so hungry. He was seeking after God. And he's saying, I'm not going to wait. I want you now. Woo, glory to God. Then Moses had one more request. Please let your glorious presence, or please let me see your glorious presence. Verse 19. And then the Lord replied, I'll make all my goodness pass before you, and you will call out my name. The Lord said, I will show you kindness to anyone I choose, and I will show mercy to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for you may not see me, see me and live. And the Lord continued to stand here on this rock beside me. Uh, continue to stand on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will put forth, or put you forth in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by and then I'll remove my hand and you will see me or you will see me from behind but my face will not be seen. Amen. Glory to God. Going back to the definition of seek. Moses was desiring something. He was requiring something from God. He had put a demand on him. Let me see your presence. Now, understand God didn't just show up until the request was made. But once the request was made, he came down and visited with his people. We've got to get good at putting this request on God to come visit with his people. We've got to, as we go through 2019, we've got to stay hungry vessels that desire more and more of God. I encourage you tonight, don't get content or satisfied where you're at in your relationship with him. I encourage you to contend for more. 
Now listen to me. As you contend for more, I just want to prepare you. God's going to show you some things that you need to improve on. He's going to show you some things you need to work on. He may even show you some things that you've got to get rid of in order to get into that place with him. And if you're willing to do that, just as the scriptures say over in verse, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, as you're willing to maybe cut some things, to rid yourself of things, to contend some things, when you're willing to do that, then it's just as the scriptures say, from glory to glory, he'll take you. But we got to contend for it. Hallelujah. Everyone say, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Glory to God. Well... I had this on my heart at the beginning of last week because I knew that, uh, you know, pastor wasn't going to be here and he told me to do saturation service. And, and so I, I'd been seeking the Lord about it and, and asking the Lord about it. And he kind of showed me something. And I, I, just to be honest with you, I really struggled to follow it because I, I kind of wondered how many people would say, oh, he's just doing that because he's the youth pastor and he's just over young adults. But the more and more I contended and, 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 and spent time with the Lord, he just kept bringing it back to me. Even tonight when I was driving here, I told, you ever told the Lord you're not going to do something they told you to do? That's always a fun conversation. <laughs> with me, it always ends with, who do you think you are? I'm like, okay, you win again. And so on the way here, I was telling him in the car, Lord, I'm not going to do it. Is that really you? No, I'm not going to do it. And he just kept putting it on my heart. He said, I told you to do it. I told you to do it. I told you to do it. And so this is what I want to do, and it kind of, it may look strange to us, but uh, our, our youth ministry and our young adults ministry goes from 6th grade, uh, whatever age that may be, I think it starts at 11 years old now. Ooh, that's young. So I'll just go ahead and say, starting from 11 years old all the way up to 30 years old, if there's anybody in the room that falls in that age bracket, I want you to come down here and stand on the black line where the carpet meets each other. Anybody in that age bracket? And just come down here and stand on the line. Hallelujah. <clears throat> now don't come down here by faith. I see some of you out there. <laughs> I didn't say 30 plus 30. <clears throat> now pastor's been talking a lot about generations. And he's been talking a lot about this generation. And he has been saying that the Lord calls them the generation of the upright. If I can just talk to the church for a minute, not everybody that's standing down here, but y'all can listen. Church, I want you to look at this line of individuals that's in front of you right now. These are your future politicians. These are your future police officers. These are your future businessmen and women. These are your future teachers. These are the, the future molders of society. And if I can just take a moment and interject something, and this just isn't because I am the youth pastor. This is because of what I've, I've seen. Uh, in our last election cycle, I was paying attention to social media. And social media is always talking about Oh, how the youth have a lot of problems and how the young adults have a lot of issues and how uh, the, the children of today's society is what's wrong with society. Well, my question is, who's the ones that trained all them? Children and young adults. 
See, maybe the problem, and, and as I was watching the debates, I began to realize the problem's not with the youth. The problem's with the ones that haven't invested into the youth. The, the problem's the one, as I see two grown adults in the twilight of their lives bickering on stage back and forth, saying dirty things about each other and, and doing this and, and bickering and complaining. I was watching the debates thinking, this right here's the problem. This isn't the problem. This is the problem. And you know what we need? And, and I'm not, you know, you know, I don't want anyone in the room to feel left out. But you know what we need to fix the problem is someone, now I'm talking to y'all, listen to me. Someone to be raised up among us who says, we will be different. Amen. We will be that bright star that will lead people out of darkness. We need people who are willing at a young age to contend for the glory of God. We need people who at a young age are willing to obey God so when they step into that role of businessman or businesswoman, when they step into that role of politician, when they step into that role of leader that they're supposed to be, they step into that role with a relationship with Him. Because one thing I've learned about society is society is always trying to guide your moral compass. And when society guides your moral compass, you'll find yourself on the wrong side of morality most of the time. You've got to let God guide your moral compass. Because he's the only one that's true and he's the only one that's unchanging. And like a lot of you teenagers know, you've heard me say this, morality is not situational. What do I mean by that? If you're at the grocery store and somebody drops a dollar bill, it's easy for you to tap them on the shoulder and say, ma'am or sir, you dropped this. That's the moral thing to do. But if you're in the grocery store and someone's walking in front of you and they drop 10 $100 bills on the floor, your moral position doesn't change because there's more money on the floor. See, the thing about morality is it's supposed to be consistent. And where's that consistency come from? It comes from God. And so as you develop this relationship with him, you start living consistent now. And then when God puts you in that place of authority as a politician, in that place of authority as a police officer, in that place of authority as a business owner, in that place of authority, listen to me now, as a pastor, you'll do the right thing. Because you know the one that's right. Amen. So this is what I saw in my heart. I saw everybody else that's not down here in this line, get up and stand behind them to pray for them. And you're going to lay your hands on their backs, and I'm going to come and lay my hands on their heads, and I'm going to go right down the line, and I'm going to pray for them, but I want you to pray for them. Listen to me. And some of you are parents of some of the individuals that are up here, and some of you are grandparents, and some of you are aunts and uncles, and, and some of you don't even know them at all. But what you invest into them is important. How you pray for them is important. How you believe God for them is important. Amen. This is the future, and I got to tell you, the future is now. Amen. And so I want everybody in the room to release their faith for these young people that are down here so that way they know, listen, they're not out here on their own. They've got a church and a family that's believing God with them. 
They've got people that are standing behind them to help hold them up and people that are standing in front of them to help lead the way. Amen. So let's just go ahead and do it. Church, y'all stand up. <clears throat> and y'all just make your way up to them. If you can't personally touch them, then touch the person in front of you. And if you're not comfortable with this, you don't have to leave your seats. But if you are comfortable with it, then just come on down. And I want you to reach out and, and, and touch the person, the young person in front of you. And we're all going to pray. If you can't touch them individually, then you touch the person that is touching them. Amen. And we're all going to connect and we're all going to agree and we're all going to put our faith out there together. And I want you all to pray for them. Hallelujah. I want Now this is awesome. I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray for him. I want you to release your faith for him. I want you to begin right now. Yeah, there it is. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> now, students and young adults, you just close your eyes and you receive the faith that's being imparted unto you. You receive the wisdom that's coming towards you. You receive the power of God that's being imparted to you. Hey! Leader of the young people. Lead them and they'll follow. They're so great. I will push on these are the anointings of God. The anointing of God. The anointing of God. For this generation. The anointing of God. And you always know what to do. You always know what to say. The power of God is with you, flowing through you for a purpose and for this time. And you I soon produce over that generation. I call it out. Mm, manifest. Manifest the glory of God. Shoot a brass in the mouth. Zinamokea. Shunamanean. Zunama. Zuna. Rasugobraha. Shunamanea. Sinaba. I protect it. I protect it. I protect the mind. I protect the call. I protect it in Jesus' name. Shunamanaleasa. Glory. The glory. You contend for the glory. You require the glory. You desire the glory. And as you do, he'll pour himself out on you. <laughs> hey! <laughs> desire it. Desire it. And he'll use you. Fire! It's just begun. You saw a glimpse. You saw a glimpse. But it also just begun. It's just begun. Desire. Desire. You'll meet that desire. More. 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 So much more. So much, much more, much more. Yeah, yeah, you've got something in you, something in you for them. So much more. Desire it and expect it to be used. Your gifting, your talents, your abilities. So much fire. So much fire. You must have fire. 
चलो मास्टी करा Graces for your races. Mm. Just like that scripture we read, Moses, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, I go with you. <laughs> Who goes with me on this journey? God says, I go with you. <laughs> God goes with you. I breathe. Oh my. Gisuma, Gisuma, Rasuma, a heart. Shanamata, Shanama, a heart. So much heart. So much heart. So much heart. It's pure. It's clean. It's good. So much heart. Now expect the glory. Expect the presence. Expect the fire of God in Zamachafa, Zamachite. Expect it, demand it, require it, and you will see it. Shonama, Jorobrasina, Jonamanaliasa, Jonamaroba, Vrisonama, ha 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 ha, Jinimote, Jo Jaro Samo, Jiro. I speak peace in Jesus' name to every single one of them. Peace in the name of Jesus. Peace in Jesus' name. So much peace in Jesus' name. Resonama, Lido Matea, Lido Matea, Lido Matea, Gurasena, ha 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 ha. Shulamone, Izilikoralea, Sinanalea, Dalea, Dalala. He peels back the veil, and you see, and you know, and you do. Ha 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 ha. I see. You, Brusa, Brese, Ro, Ro, Risalamania, Juna, Ando, Brese, Nitikida, lead and they will follow, lead and they will follow, Zinomonelia, Brusa, Namatea, Sunama, Jonamakura, Pata, Selecam, Bright future. Yeah, and you'll know what to do every step of the way because God will show you. Rely on Him, depend on Him, and ask Him, and He'll show you. Shenoma, zikorabra, zelomo umrasi. Who <laughs> say? Hey! Shh! 
Shunomana, Gruppa, Grace and the more fresh. Zunomana, Zikorova, Juto de Brassica. Oh, my, the presence of God. Oh, desire more of that. And he will pour it out to overflowing. Sonam all Sela go hungry. Hungry in Jesus' name. And I'll thank you as you hunger and you desire, he will fill you up to overflowing in Jesus' name. Shunamaranda, Sunamandala, Rusalalalabalea, Rusalalala, Homa, Frasnumana. Shunamana, Shunamaki, Sunamana. Glory, Sanamaga, Frasigorabra. Yeah, there are Lamana, Yala Lamania, Jonamania. There's a gift and a call on your life, and I protect it. Hallelujah. I preserve it, and I say, as you respond to it, great things will happen because of Masi Kalab. So Mashabre Sikobra, Frasurabra, Frasunamore. Gishonama, Gishanime. Teach a presence. A presence. <laughs> One who walks with Father. One who walks with Abba. One who knows the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah, that relationship is special. You and Him. You and Him. You and Father. Ah, The plans that I have for you to bless you and prosper you. <laughs> to bless you and to prosper you. To give you a hope and an end. The plans that I have for you. Ha 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 ha. They are good. <laughs> they are good. They are good. Ha 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 ha. Juno Mrandala, Juno Makoriasa, Juno Motosa, Juno Maka. I speak to that anointing. Brusa Namakoa. Ah, increase in favor, increase there's an anointing on your life that God is increasing now. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. I mentioned it so briefly after church when I was driving the van. I don't know if you remember or not, but there's an anointing there. That you just began to scratch the surface, but as you step into the fullness of it, the power is going to fall in a great and powerful way. So, Father God, I protect that. I preserve that. I thank you that you teach him how to cooperate with that in a very high, very high level. 
Hallelujah. Thank you for Shunamaha. Wow, thank you, Father God. Yeah, yeah. That's weird that I hear that, but it's true. The two truly are better than one. That's what I hear. So that's what I say. The two are better than one. The two are better than one. Stronger together than you ever were apart. And it's so good. It's so good. I see it's so good. <laughs> and it's blessed. And it's prosperous beyond your imagination. So have an expectation for very good things to happen, <laughs> unexpected things to happen because of the favor of the Lord that is on your life. And you shine out like a bright star in the darkness. <laughs> I call that done in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah! Come on, church. Come on. Hallelujah! 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 Glory! Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is good. Y'all can go back to your seats. If I can have Doppo real quick. Just want to do one more thing that was on my heart. If any of you feel left out, talk to God about it. <laughs> His plan, not mine. Amen. God is so good. Aren't you grateful for Him? So grateful for Him. Now... Everybody listen, uh, especially those of you that were down front. You know, the Bible says that immediately the devil comes to steal the word that was sown. And so you protect what was imparted to you tonight. Not only those who got prayed for, but everyone who had something imparted to them through the word, through worship. Great impartations have been made. You don't have to have hands laid on you for impartations to be made. The Holy Spirit's always imparting things to us. Amen. And the devil loves to come and steal those impartations. And so tomorrow when you're at work, you protect it. You know, maybe even as soon as you leave the building, you protect it and protect those impartations. I want to give one more altar call before we go. Pastor Mark has had it on his heart. Amen. He's the under-shepherd of this place, and, and I come underneath him. And so if it's on his heart, it's on my heart. And it seemed right to me today as I was praying and studying about anybody who's not filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I was asking the Lord about this at the last saturation service, and this is what he told me. He said that there's almost an embarrassment on some to come down at Cornerstone Word of Life Church to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And I think the reason why it might be embarrassing to some is not because you're embarrassed of the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit or the gift of the Holy Spirit, but because you go to Cornerstone, you just think that everybody expects that you should be filled. But there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Nothing to be embarrassed about. It doesn't matter if you've been filled for 10 minutes, 10 years, or if you've never been filled. Don't ever let anything hold you back from the blessing of the Lord. And the infilling of the Holy Spirit is a blessing from the Lord. You've heard me say this many times, but just because we don't understand something doesn't mean it's not real. I don't understand, well, I understand Spanish a little bit. I definitely don't understand Mandarin or German. But just because I don't understand them doesn't mean they're not real languages. It's a very real language and it's a very intimate prayer language between you and your Father. See, the Bible says, from dust you were made and dust you will return. And that scripture is talking about the vessel that you live in. God shaped it from clay and he breathed the breath of God into it, the bruja. And when he breathed the God breath into it, that vessel of clay came to life. And he imparted something inside that vessel of clay, his spirit, man. We know that we're three-part vessels. We have a mind, we live in a body, and we have a spirit. Amen. And, and when we pass from this life to the next, this body and temple that you see, if from dust it was made and from dust it's going to return, it's going to be laid into the ground. But there's a part of you that's going to live forever. And when you get born again, that part of you is instantly made new. Just as he said, I'll put a new spirit within you. Amen. Well, that new spirit that God's put within you has got a voice. It's like your mind's got a voice. Anybody in the room, your mind ever talked to you? It's amazing how your mind will talk to you and you never say a word. And then your body will talk. You'll say things out of your mouth all day long. Well, guess what? Your spirit man's got a voice to him. And he's got a heavenly language because he was made from heaven. That's the part of you that's going to live on for all of eternity. And so, since that's the part that's going to live for all of eternity, we just as well get good at letting him live right now letting him lead us right now, letting him be in control right now. We quoted the scripture this morning, Romans 8, 14 says that the children of God are led by the spirit of God. See, even though you live in this vessel and it's what everyone sees every day, this vessel is not what leads you around. At least it's not supposed to lead you around. You're supposed to be led by the spirit of God. How are you led by the spirit of God? Because the spirit of God communicates to the spirit within you. The deep within you calls the deep within him. And the two of them have a communication. And that communication can't be interpreted by the devil, can't be interrupted by man. That's a communication and a connection that you have with your Heavenly Father that is given to you through the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And as you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you receive your prayer language, you're able to connect with God in a way that you never connected with Him before because you're now not connected by the natural man. You're connected by the supernatural man. And you're taken to a new level in God that you can't get there with your mind and your body. But now you're ministering to Him and He's ministering to you. And I remember the first time, because for me, it, it, it took a couple times, and that's all right. See, I think growing up as a, a pastor's kid, everyone just assumed you're going to get it. But just because you're a pastor's child doesn't mean you're going to get it. Amen. And so I had to go down a couple times before I really got it. Because when I started, you know, yielding to that, it was new and it was uncomfortable. And so I just pulled back. But as he said over in the book of Luke, if a man asks for bread, will he give him a scorpion? 
No. What does that mean? God's not going to give you something that's going to hurt you. God's not going to give you an imitation. He's not going to give you a fake. If you ask, he said this over in the book of Luke. He says, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he'll give you the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.4, we read tonight, says that they were in the upper room and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says they went out into the street and they began to minister in unknown languages and unknown tongues. And then we saw a miracle where everybody was able to hear what was going on. But they received their prayer language. Amen. Now, I want to say something. This prayer language, I do believe that you're not supposed to go to Kroger and start, get on the PA system and start praying in tongues. Because the Apostle Paul talked about that in the birth of Corinthians. He said, if you start doing that, then there's no understanding. It's going to cause confusion. If you're going to give a tongue at the grocery store, you better give an interpretation. But when it comes to the infilling of the Holy Spirit, what's that really for? It's for me to be at home with my Father. And secret mysteries, as the Apostle Paul said in the book of Corinthians, when you pray in an unknown tongue, not only do you edify yourself and build yourself up in the elbows of holy faith, like he said in the book of Jude, but he also said when you pray in an unknown tongue, you're praying out mysteries. See, there's things about your life that you don't know, but your spirit man knows. Well, how do you unlock that mystery? You pray in your, your prayer language, your heavenly language, and as you're praying, and God's unlocking that mystery within you, and that mystery is unlocked, and revelation comes to your spirit, man, because God is revealing things to the inner man, and that revelation to the inner man brings revelation to the natural man, and then you can walk it out. I've got an awesome example of this. When I was in the Philippines, I was praying because I couldn't sleep, because there was a rooster right behind my room wanted to choke out that rooster house at the end of the trip. It's just, we're going to have some chicken wings. Glory to God. He woke me up like at 4, 35 o'clock every single morning since I was awake. And I'm in the Philippines. There's, there was, I didn't have my Xbox with me or anything like that. All I had was my Bible. And so I just fellowship with God and, and I'd pray. And I'd pray in my unknown tongue. And as I was praying in my own tongue, it was in the Philippines in a small room where the mystery of who I was supposed to marry was revealed to me. He told me just a little bit before I left the United States, but he really confirmed it by revealing that revelation. And when I got back from the Philippines, Rachel picked me up at the airport and I just told her I got in the car and I said, we're supposed to be together, let's do this. Ain't gonna waste no time if God said it. Amen. I want the benefits, girl. Let's get married. Hallelujah. Come on now. But it was a mystery to my, to my natural man. Something that the Lord, if I can be honest with you, knew I was pretty afraid of because marriage was a big deal. And so it took something supernatural. And those of you that are filled with the Holy Spirit, let me just interject this right now. Every time you pray in tongues, something supernatural is happening. Don't you take that lightly. It is a miracle every time you pray in tongues. Because it's something that's happening between you and the Holy Spirit and your Heavenly Father. I feel like even with that, we get religious and ritualistic. Oh, I'm just praying in tongues. No big deal. It is a big deal. Amen. It is a big deal. And so if there's anybody in here, I don't want you to be, and maybe everybody is, glory to God. Doppel's going to come around with the microphone and ask here in just a minute if no one raises their hand for everyone to pray. <clears throat> but if there's anybody in the room, as we're in this atmosphere of worship, and you've never received your heavenly prayer language, I would love to pray with you tonight. Don't let anything hold you back.
from receiving all that God has for you. Well, I'm just nervous that I'm going to sound a little ridiculous. That's okay. Didn't you just hear me praying for all them? <laughs> but remember this scripture. The Bible says that God will use the foolish things to confound the wise. What looks foolish to you is wisdom to him. And so at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I sound like, what I look like. Amen. We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.